The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Thank you for joining us on the Fend. Uh, Proudly brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. Uh, Adam Hawes with you alongside rugby league legend Gary Jack. Jimmy, how are you? Oh, Horsey, I'm well, mate. I'm well. It was a tough weekend for the for the Tigers. I actually did go to the game. We'll get to that later on. But you know, it's getting towards the business end of the season, and all the, there's a definite the haves and have nots in the competition. So, you know, it's been a long year, and you can see the cream rising to the top. Well, you checked out a couple of have-nots on the weekend. I saw you there at Combank Stadium. Did you stick around for the final five minutes when things got a little bit crazy between the Tigers and Dragons? <laughs> I stuck around until there was four minutes to go, and I missed. Well, actually, I did see that. I did see the dropout. Yes, I saw. Is that what you're referring to? Well, one of one of the few things. Yeah, one of the few things. Yeah, I, although when when I left, I think it was twenty twenty two all. And um, uh, we got to the car park. And you uh, can't can, I, can I jump in, Jimmy? Can I jump in there? You left at twenty-two all. Who yes, does that? It's me. What to beat the traffic? That is appalling. <laughs> I want to beat the traffic. That's shocking. <laughs> yeah. that's, I want to beat the traffic. And I got to my car. That's when your team needed you most. Story. Let yeah, me finish. On, my, I got to okay. my car. I said, "Okay, I'll beat the traffic." And then when you banked at Combank Stadium, if you're near the Combank. You, they give you like a little little letter which says you can't leave for freaking half an hour until the game's finished. Everyone's got to walk across in front of you. So I'm sitting there for another 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm going anywhere. I'm going. I said to one of, the, one of the coppers there, I said, hey, can you let us go through? And actually it was it was Jack Hampstead's grandson. Oh, Jack Hampstead, he's, he's 55. I've known him since he was a kid. He said, sorry, I can't. I can't let you out. So we're locked in Combank for another 20 minutes. And you could have been inside supporting your team when they needed you. No, I was there supporting my team. In the car park. I was in the chairman's lounge supporting my team, watching the game. Rick Wade was behind me. You know, I was supporting my team. I just... I've got to get out of here before to go. I thought we had it won. I thought we had it won. Goodness me. They usually keep the car park closed for when there's big crowds, but there was only 9,000 there, so you shouldn't have been held up 20 minutes. That's ridiculous. Anyway, you learned your lesson. You shouldn't leave the game early. Always stick by your team. Anyway, we'll talk about... We'll I learned my lesson. I should, I should have read the flyer. That was my lesson. Yeah. Well, they don't give it to you for their health. They give it to you so you're informed. Yeah, so you're informed, but I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, okay. Couple but anyway, it was, uh, it was, it was. Look, they played. They played really well the first half, and not so well the second half. But anyway, we'll get into that later on. And we'll also get into top ten buys of the year. I've got you to give us your one to ten countdown as to who the top buys of the year are, and also the not so top ten buys. I'm not going to call them duds. That's rude and disrespectful. But we'll call them our not so top ten. Buys of the year, so we'll get into that. Was I supposed bit. to do that too? Was I? Oh, did, didn't you read the memo? You don't read it. Top ten. Do you need some new glasses? What's the problem? <laughs> I thought you said top. I done the top ten. Oh, I didn't know there was a top well, ten well, duds as well. Thankfully for our viewers, viewers, our listeners, 
I've done a top ten not so great buy, so oh, you can listen to my one. Okay, let's um let's talk about players being rested because um, gee, I reckon Ivan Cleary might almost have had to pick Brad Izzard or Colin Vandervoort because he's just put everyone on the sidelines for this match against the Cowboys because he wants to freshen them up for the finals. So he's picked an absolute spare parts team to play the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of coaches being able to stand down their entire team to freshen them up? Yeah, look, I'm okay with it. You know, the, the game's changing. It's a long season. And, you know, they've been such a strong side for the last three years. You know, they've finished, you know, number one in the premiership, uh, first past the post. So I think they've, they've earned the right to to pick, you know, maybe a, an 80s team that the guys out there to play on the weekend. So they're freshened up for the week after. So I'm okay with that because, really, all that's important is the next the next four weeks. That's the most important part of the season. You've got little injuries, you get over it, they'll be keen to come back. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with it. Absolutely. It's the greater good, isn't it? And Penrith have done such an amazing job to finish well clear of the field. They've earned that right. They can do whatever they want in that final mm. game. And they've learned mm. some lessons from last year because you'll remember they played Parramatta. Parramatta actually rested their players, and that benefited Parramatta in the semifinals. They actually played some pretty good footy, whereas Penrith went really uh, full strength for that last game. They walloped the Eels, the spare parts of the Eels side, but then they crashed to a surprise loss in week one of the finals for South Sydney. So I just get the impression Ivan has had a look at that. He's, he's thought, we need to change things. So I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to stand yeah. down. Everyone, give them a break. Bring them back fresh for that first uh, qualifying final against either the Storm or Eels, most likely. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, he's, he's a very smart coach. He's been around for a while. He knows his squad. And you do at this time of year, every player would love to get, get a week off just to freshen up. Um, so, yes, I'm sure all the players will appreciate that that time to just re- recoup for, for a week and they'll be supercharged uh, for the next for, for the next game. That's what the most will happen. They'll be supercharged for the next game. The other option that was tossed up is the AFL's bye week before the finals where everyone has a week off. So if you want to rest your players, that's where you do it. You don't rip off the fans, so to speak, because uh, they get to see full-strength teams in the final round. Then they get a week off if they want to rest their players. But I, I, I don't like the week off. I think the AFL loses momentum. Yeah, they'll get big crowds this week, of course, for week one of the finals. But I just think I just think you, you rise to this crescendo and then all of a sudden – there's no AFLW to watch. Uh, so there's, mm. there's only AFLW to watch. There's no AFL. Mm. So I think mm. I, I don't want to see NRL go down that path, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with you. I don't want to do it because I think if AFL do it, then it's every reason why you shouldn't do it. So that's, that's my philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jimmy. I'm going to say I might be the only person, who, apart from the Storm, who like watching Nelson and Sofa Solomona play. The giant mm. Storm enforcer. He, he's mm. got a lot of headlines this week because he's had a lot of charges and no suspensions and some grubby acts. I'm not denying that, but he is a villain. And I think every good show needs a bad guy. And at the moment, Nelson Asafa Solomona is the bad guy. And I think people would turn up to watch him and hopefully see their team put it over him because who didn't enjoy Jared Waria Hargreaves taking it straight back to him? It was such an absorbing contest, which the Roosters ultimately won 18-14. But I like having a bad guy out there, and Nelson is a solid matter. He's not a cute and cuddly character. He doesn't pretend to be. But he, he's a bad guy. In yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big man. He's about six foot seven. He must have been 130 kilos. He's, he's a very imposing figure. And he's a bit of a gentle giant, really, but he, he does get, get does get worked up. And, I look, I did like the confrontation between him and JWH on the weekend. 
you know, there was probably three of them that went to, went to Nelson Osofa Solomona at one stage and, and um, you know, so he, he had three on one. So he certainly is he's targeted. He's their go forward man. He's their enforcer. Um, and his presence, it, it's a bit like you know, back back in the 80s, we always got to have an enforcer. You've got to have someone who lays the line. And that's what JWH does for the Roosters uh, and now Matt Lodge as well. You've got to have those type of players in your team. Look, yes, you can't throw a punch now. Um, you know, so that, that sort of that, that before they could sort each other out, but in the first ten minutes, but now you can't. So it, it's on for all game. But yeah, I, I enjoy it too. I enjoy watching those style of players. They're, they're big, they're tough, and they cut. They cop an absolute hammering, um, and they get up and go again. That's that's you know, you've got to respect that. You know, I know booing is probably a bad thing these days. You're not supposed to boo people in the workplace, that sort of thing. But, you know, when Wally Lewis used to come to town, everyone would turn up and give him a jeer. And he, he thrived at a Wally. It made him play better. Yeah. And I guarantee mm. you when Nelson Sofa Solomon runs out for the storm against the Eels and in consequent yeah. games, subsequent games, he will be booed by the crowd who, who just love the villains. So I, I don't think it's yeah. all bad. I think that JWH is a more of a villain than Nelson. I think he he is more of a bad guy than Nelson. If you look at his record throughout this year, what he's done and what he's got away with, you know, uh, what he's been suspended for three times, you know, two two charges again on the weekend, you know, and just got a fine. Like his his track record, I think is worse than Nelson's, and um, you know, he's more of a bad guy I think out there than, than, yeah, than Big he, Nelson. We- we need those guys in the game, don't we? We need them. Yeah, it brings yeah. fans. It can't all be flashy tries. You need no. you need the confrontation. You need the gladiators. And I tell you what, neither of those two clubs could win the competition without those two players. They're that important, I believe. Yeah. Rugby league is you can have all the flashy guys in the world, but if you break it down to its basics, it's about putting yourself in a position and you can physically intimidate your opposition to get yourself into that position. You may not be as skillful as them, but you can physically dominate them with the big boppers up front. And that's where you know, it's so important for the game to have those big boppers there. You can't go sideline to sideline. You have to lay the line and get belted to before you go wide and, yeah, that's what those big guys, too, the big front rowers, you know, it's, it's part of their DNA. Well, I'll give you an example off, off the top of my head and uh, go back and check it out. 1999 Grand Finals, George Illawarra on top against the Storm until one Tawira Nickow took it upon himself to get physical, to roll the sleeves up, and he single-handedly turned that game around and the Storm won it just through his physical yeah. presence. So you need those guys getting in there, getting in the face of the opposition. Wallace, yeah, Nick, uh, geez, you're going back a few years now, aren't you? That's 99. It's not yeah, I, I played against him. I played against him when he was at Castleford in 93, 94 when he was over there, Tiara Nick. Mm. He had a great mullet. Mm. Lovely mullet. Yes, he had a great mullet. And uh, he actually, when he came, he went from Castleford back here to Australia and he really improved as a player. Yeah, great player. He was a great player in his day. He had one of the best mullets I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, inspirational figure. Now, the Broncos, they copped a spray from Kevy Walters after that match against the Eagles. They lost 53-6. to Who would have thought that Kevy might be cranky about a performance like that, Jimmy? I, I found that amazing. Come on, what's going on? Boo-hoo, Broncos. You deserved a bake for that performance. That was horrendous. Off the back of a 60-12 to loss to the Storm, I really thought they might, you know, have a go in front of their home crowd. And they just got yeah. steamrolled by Para. And Kevy's yeah. wound up in the sheds. We all saw it on telly. And it's come out since then that a few players were offended. What do you think? Oh, a few players were offended. Well, the wheels have fallen off, you know. Yeah, so, and it comes back on the coach. 
you know, they've had a great uh, first half of the year. They've, the wheels have fallen off in the second half of the year. They've been abysmal. They've been terrible. They've been lapped at home twice, back to back. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than, um, yeah, than Paro giving it to you. It doesn't get any worse at all. So, <laughs> you, you know, know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it, it doesn't get any worse as a player or as a fan. So really, he's uh, all that hard work. It, it counts for nothing now because they're not going to make the eight. Um, so yeah, just frustration and yeah, he vents his vents his anger, and, and so he should. He should have done it ten weeks ago. You know, he's been approach, too nice a guy for too long. Is that approach outdated, Jimmy? Do players need a cuddle now? Do they need to sit down and a bit of a bit of book no. reading? Huh? Is no, there still a place? No. There's still a place for the bake in the modern game. Of course there is. Of course there is. And I, and I can tell you, I bet you Craig Bellamy gives him a bake. You know, he wouldn't be cuddling them and putting them to bed and saying, you're doing a great job. He'd be he'd be ripping right into them, Craig Bellamy. He wouldn't see it, but I can tell you right now. And all the successful coaches do that. You know, Warren Ryan, um, I'm sure Tim Sheens gives him a bake. I'm sure Wayne Bennett gives him a bake. You have to do that in your DNA. You have to be in your DNA if you're going to be successful as a coach. That, that reminds me. Yeah, some of the great bakes I've seen over the years. It reminds me um, of, and this bloke was a coach, first grade coach, and it was probably the best bake I've ever seen. Was Laurie Fryer in nineteen eighty two at at, uh, at uh, Leichhardt Oval. Uh, he was coaching reserve grade. I was playing reserve grade that day, and young Wayne Innes, who was a first grader, he chipped over the top from twenty meters from his own try line. Uh, <laughs> chipped over the top <laughs> and lost possession. <laughs> The opposition got the ball and scored a try in the corner. And that right on half time. So right on half time. So the players have to come straight up. Well, Laurie's just walked straight up to him, picked him up by the collar, lift him six inches off the ground. <laughs> Says you don't chip and chase in your own quarter. And he smashed him against the tile. The tile is smashed and cracked him. <laughs> in the dressing room, all the players, because Laurie was Laurie's first year, he's probably his second game he coached, all the players just watching it, oh, my God, who is this psychopath, Laurie Fryer? And anyway, as it turned out, um, they we won the game. We did come back and win the game in the second half, so it had the desired effect on the players, but that was one of the best ever. But Fryer these days would be sacked the next day. Word would get out. Well, you probably see yes. it on the uh, dressing room cameras, and he'd be gone. He'd be packing his bags that night. It's changed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Desi Hazler, remember Desi Hazler ripped a door off at Paramount yes. Stadium when uh, the Seagulls were going down to Para. Uh, he, mm. had to, he had to pay for the new door, but that's about it, which is unusual for <laughs> Desi to pay for something. Maybe Manly chipped in on his behalf. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's been some been some great baits. Warren Ryan was a great one for, for, for a good spray. Just very, uh, very articulate. Well, Alan Jones was articulate too, but he'd give you a spray. Um, but the trouble was no one was listening to the spray, even that was very articulate. Um, but, but yeah, Frank Stanton used to, Frankie Stanton used to lose it. He used to lose it big time, Cranky, Cranky Frankie, hence the name Cranky Frankie. Uh, he was, he, he'd just go red and his whole face would just about explode when he's, when he's. <laughs> what about? <laughs> he, he, was, he was the Australian coach and Balmain coach and old Cranky Frankie. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was fantastic too. Uh, I remember Waratah's coach, Michael Checker, produced a golf club once. You, you wouldn't want to see a golf club produced during a rant, would you? You'd be uh, fearing for your life. The best rants I've seen in recent times, Jimmy, was on uh, that fabulous series, Tales of Tiger Town, on Fox League with Michael Maguire. It just seemed that every episode, Madge was dropping F-bombs left, right and centre. 
for old What Badger. an award-winning series that was. The yeah, I don't, think it, I don't think it quite worked out for either Michael Maguire or the Tigers. That yes, one. yeah. Well, that, that was inside inside the locker room. So what really goes on, um, that's what you don't do to a club. And the aftermath is still there two years later, or that was last year, yeah, two years later. The Tigers have gone from bad to worse. Imagine if they did it this year. Imagine this year. Oh, geez, it would be riveting stuff. Riveting stuff. Oh, man. Oh, man. What about um, your players not knowing the rules? You're up 22 to 16. We touched on this earlier. And then uh, Dragons line drop out with about five to go. Doesn't go the required 10 metres, but then one of your blokes, Junior mm. Pauger, is that it? He's mm. touched the ball inside the 10 metres. So it's a mm. penalty to the Dragons. It would have been a penalty to you guys and a kick mm. in front of the post for 24-16, game over, and perhaps Correct. the wooden spoon goes to the Titans. But you, you muffed it, and then not long after that, Asuka Poa, just flattened Zach Lomax with a, a shoulder to the head, penalty mm. the Dragons. Yep. And this is after they scored a try, of course, to level it up. Have you finished? All, and he puts Have the penalty goal over. So you've, you've somehow imploded again. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's yeah. worse than the 72-6 to six the week before because you've just had yeah. this game in your hands. Yeah. You've snatched well, defeat from the jaws. Okay, you've said it once. I heard you the first time. You don't have to say it again. I heard you, okay? I was there... I was sitting at the chairman's lounge there at the lovely Combat Stadium. How'd you get in there, Saw- by the way? Oh, how did we how to get in there? I've got a ticket. Chairman's club is for the elite. Yeah, I'm in the elite. I'm in the elite. So I was in the chairman's. I was in the chairman wasn't there, but I was in there. So I don't know what happened there. I must, I must have missed him. Um, I was sitting there on the concourse, which is right near that part of the 22, and behind me was the great Rick Wade, uh, the Tigers, uh, yeah. Tigers West. and West great, great yeah. man, Rick Wade. And they've done the dropout and it's come straight to us. And I'm watching it and uh, it goes, he's touched it. Can you – he's touched it. I said, what? He's touched the ball. I said, he can't have touched the ball. He said, he has. He's come inside and touched the ball and gave them a, gave them a penalty. We should have got the penalty right in front. As you said, the game's over. I mean, that's just under eight stuff. Like, that's just – as a player, he should have just hooked himself. He should just give himself eight months suspension. That's what he should have done. Um, that's probably one of those dumbest things I've ever seen on a footballer by anyone in my entire career, not knowing the rules about touching the ball. I mean, that's just inexcusable. Um, and if you're a teammate, you're entitled to go up there and knock him out. That's what oh, you should have That might be a bit extreme, Jimmy. I mean, he's a young <laughs> bloke. I'm sure he's doing it tough this week. I'm sure he's aware of uh, the ramifications of his actions. Uh, Brett Kamali in the uh, media conference said, yeah, our blokes have to learn the rules. So I think he's had a good going over. We hope he bounces back from that. Yeah, but he's got to know the rules. He's played on the wing. It's not like it's his first game on the wing. He's played wing for 10 years. He knows the ball has to go 10 metres before you touch it. Maybe they don't, mate. mate. I reckon a lot of players don't know all the rules. Oh, that's that's just a, everyone knows that rule. If the ball's got to go ten meters from a kickoff, it's got to go ten meters from a dropout. You can't touch. You can't go in and touch the ball and try and catch it. It's just ridiculous. Like it's just it's just stupidity personified. It really is. It's just a, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It was a many. tough one. Talk about two extremes to Tigers fans. You had the sixty-six point loss the week before, and now this loss on the oh. other end of the scale. Both very yeah. very painful. And um, okay. you know the club threatened legal action to get the two points back from the North Queensland loss, 
But this one was entirely self-inflicted. Yeah. And, and, and it's and your first wooden spoon, Jimmy, first wooden spoon. Yeah, it's, it's our first wooden spoon. Yeah, it is, it is. Look, it, it, was, it was a great game. I was there before the game. I, I sat there and just in front of me were, were the Dragons um, – the Dragons players, I was sitting down there and some, and they don't do autographs anymore. They do selfies. Everyone does a selfie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we were sitting there and some fellow went up to Ben Hutt. Said, Excuse me, Ben, could you? Yeah, so he got, did a selfie with him and that sort of stuff. I thought, that's my wife's favourite player, Benny Hunt. And I'm standing next to my wife, Donna. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of, I just walked up to him and say, I walked up and said, G'day, Ben, how are you? Mate, you're my wife's favourite player. Can I just get a picture? He looked at me. I said, I'm Gary Jack. How are you? He goes, I know who you are. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I said, oh, okay, thank you. He said, my wife, she loves you. Can I get a picture? She doesn't love me anymore. She loves you. He said, yeah, okay. So, so he came over for the picture and he, and he went over and said, because he used to play against my son, Reese, um, about 10 years. He said, I remember Reese. Yeah. He said, he's a good player. Played for Canterbury and played for the Tigers. He said, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're the same age. So I watched him come all the way through. I said, good on you, Ben. You're, you're going really well and congratulations on your form. He said, oh, thank you. So he had a picture with Donna and so Donna was stoked. You know, a nice young fella before the game, happy to, to browse with the fans. And, you know, I'm not a St. George fan, but I might become a St. George fan now. When he said, I know who you are, did he say it in a hostile way or did he say it in a friendly way? Because the way you said it, it made it sound like he said, I know who you are. It didn't sound very friendly. It was, that was in a, it was in a friendly way. Oh, that's like great. A, that's good. I was worried. I thought there might have been some sort yeah, of flare in a friendly up on way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a very friendly way. He's not he's not an aggressive player. And I said, well, thanks, Ben. So we had a bit, a bit of chat about, you know, about Reese and about playing footy, playing against it. I remember he said he was a good player. I said, yeah, oh, thanks, mate. He was a good player too. So it was nice to for him to give the time up, uh, you know, for, for anyone that actually didn't, that approached him. Um, and, uh, you know, so... Yeah, that was, that, that was yeah. probably the highlight. I actually went to the game with my tiger socks on as well. I got a picture with my tiger socks on, and it was it was helping. <laughs> Fancy leaving with three minutes to go or four minutes to go. Oh no, should have stayed. Well, you've put the jinx on them. You should have stayed. They probably looked up to the grandstand, and there was yeah. an empty seat where you were sitting, and they probably just lost all yeah. hope at that point. Yeah. So you, you're probably to blame for that loss. Now I'm worried. Um, HIA dramas are going to affect the finals. Uh, as an eel last year, you remember. I believe the Eels were very harshly dealt with when Penrith, you know, stopped the game a couple of times for some HIA checks with the Eels on the attack. And I saw on the weekend in the Cowboys-Rabbitohs game, uh, Tavita Totola had a HIA check just as the Cowboys were on the boil. Out comes the trainer and says, hang on, mate, let's have a look at you. All right, I stand here, touch your nose, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Five minutes yeah. later, the ref says, okay, we can play on. Junior's, yeah. Junior Totola's fine. Uh, look, the NRL, said, NRL has had a look at it, and they say, no, 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 look, it was all above board. There's nothing wrong here. But, gee, I don't know, Jimmy, I think clubs are going to take the risk in the next few weeks of a fine if it means they can slow down the opposition with an HIA check of a player who really probably doesn't need it. And yep. I, I think it's a real grey area in the game. And I, one thing I will say is you never see these checks take place when – that player's team is on the attack. It's always on the other side. Of the always when the yeah. opposition is on the attack. Yeah. yeah, at the other end of the field, it's always when it's in the, the attacking side. They go down the attacking side, inside the twenty. That's when they start going down. But it's been happening all season, Halsey. It's nothing new. It's been. It just hasn't been highlighted. Now, all of a sudden, people are aware of it. I've noticed it. It does my head in to watch it and say, "Oh, here we go." All of a sudden, they get HIA, and it always takes. It always takes about a minute longer when they're inside the 22 than just in general play. Yeah, um, it's something that the league needs to look at um, and 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 really stamp their authority because clubs will exploit it. Um, 
the game will be slowed down. It'll take all the momentum out of the game. So what's the league going to do? Uh, I, I think really I just have to play on, just play on. You know, that's 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 the solution. You you can't be stopping. Yeah, you can't be stopping for for for, for anything like that. Inside I think you, the, you, you can only you can only do it, Jimmy. I think if the player is clearly concussed and on the ground, if it's you know, <laughs> obviously, then you stop the game. Come on out, do a check, get him yeah. off. But you know, the, apart the from that, yeah. The one with Victor Radley, where you can see oh, he was out. Absolutely, top. there's no question. But yes, definitely stop the play for, for a Victor Radley. But any other occasion, you know, oh, they stop it for a cramp now, and it's all of a sudden it's HIA. Now Victor Radley was gone off for the Pixies. You had to stop it there, and I have no qualms with that. But anything else, no, nah, just play on. Yeah, with Savita Tatola on the weekend, I would have said, right, you can do your HIA check on the sideline. Off he goes. Give him 10 seconds to get him off the field. Do it on the sideline. Run someone out in, in his place. You can't hold up the Cowboys like that for a couple of minutes just after South had turned the ball over and North Queensland are pressing at 14-10 down. It, it's just not right. It shouldn't happen, and it happened in the finals last year. So they need to uh, do something about that. The NRL. Graham Annesley needs to do something. He know, he knows about it, but you just can't ignore it. You need to take some firm action, you know, because it's been going on for us said, for a long, long time uh, in the first part of the year, and it does my head in every week watching it. Jimmy's code word of the week time, 10% off your next order at George's Fine Meats. Cherry Brook, get down there for some great deals. Salivating stuff there from Wayne and the boys. What do you got for us? Uh, well, I'm going to have Benny Hunt. Yep. Ben Hunt is the code word. You know Benny Hunt. You know where he's from in Queensland? Um, Brisbane. Dingo. There's a place called he's Dingo. Yeah, a place called Dingo. Yeah, he's a boy from Dingo. There he's you winding you up, mate. Did you check? He's winding no. you up. Did you look on the map? <laughs> he's from Dingo. No, I haven't looked on the map, but I'll take it as face value. So Benny Hunt is the code word for this week. He's my wife's favourite player. It used to be me, but now it's Ben Hunt. All right. Um, so you reckon Dingo? Yeah. Dingo. I, mate, there's no – hang on, there's Dingo Beach. Did you say Dingo Beach, Queensland? Dingo Beach. Yeah, Dingo Beach. That, that's yeah. that's where he's, where's Dingo? There's no Dingo. There's Dingo Beach. That's up near Airlie Beach, which Sundays. Oh, near Airlie Beach. Okay. Up near, near uh, uh, Castaway Island mate, and all that. Okay. It sounds like you might need a Ben Hunt, a ben Hunt poster on your bedroom wall, the way it's going. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> hey, um, he's playing well, Benny Honey's in the mix with Daly M Player of the Year. I'll tell you who's going well also. A couple of back rowers I've noticed, Sean Lane from Parramatta and Hudson Young from the Raiders. I think they're playing tremendous footy, and I would say they would not be out of place in Mal Meninga's World Cup squad. What do you think? Well, I think possibly Hudson Young, he could be a real good chance to get into the side. He is playing well, but certainly he's playing with the Raiders. Uh, that would certainly help him. And Sean Lane, he he's uh, as a player, he's really evolved, uh, in particularly the last uh, last uh, yeah, say ten games as a play as a wide running uh, back row. That offload that he's got, he's become a dangerous player. I thought he's a little bit um, maybe wouldn't say soft, but he, uh, now he's making his presence felt. He, that big frame that he's got, and he's so conscious of the of the offloads. Like he's he's really changing Parramatta um, out on that right hand side. So. Yeah, I think they're both are certainly in line as as a wide running second row in the Australian. So they may be in the in the maybe off the bench, or certainly if they get on, um, yeah, they're, they're very good style of play. They're using him very effectively now. The Eels, they they, they know who to run him at. They know who should uh, give him the ball, uh, and he just steamrolled the Broncos. He just 
created chaos. And he seems to have cut out those silly errors from his game without wanting to put the mock on him. But he's the most consistent player they've had all year alongside uh, Clint Gutherson, who's played all yes. 23 games this year. But, yeah, yes. he's a real weapon, Sean Lane. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, Brad Arthur wrapped everyone else apart from Lane after the game. I, I was wondering if that was him trying to keep him on track and not get caught up in all the headlines because he is such an important player. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for, possibly yeah. for the Eels. Yeah. Okay, it is time now for our top ten buys of twenty twenty two. Jimmy, let's get stuck into the list. Let's start it with number ten of your top okay. ten buys. That's the player who transferred from another club to another club this year. Who you got? Who's okay. been best value for money? Top ten buys for me. Uh, started with number ten, uh, Dale Finucane from the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had a, he's had a couple of injuries, but certainly what he's brought to that team, you can see how he's. He's added extra uh, stiffness to their pack, uh, and they are a top three side uh, with Dale Finucane coming in number 10. Just roll through them, mate. Number nine. Okay. Number nine, I've got Jaden Sewer from the Dragons. Uh-huh. Uh, what a player. Uh, very dynamic for the Dragons. He's, a young, he's going to be a player of the, of the future, is young Jaden Sewer. Number eight, I've got Jackson Hastings. When Jackson Hastings was there, the Tigers were competitive. They looked like winning games. When he's not there, they're no, they're no chance. So I think Jackson Hastings is my number eight buy of the year. Number seven, I've got Jamal Fogarty from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's added a new dimension to the side coming from the, from the Gold Coast Titans. He's worked in well uh, with Jack Whiten at number seven. So it, number seven is number seven in my selection. Yeah, he has, he's had a real impact since he's come back into that Raiders side. Number six. Number six is uh, Josh Adokar for the Bulldogs. He's an out-and-out try-scoring machine um, when he wants to be, <laughs> but he's he has certainly scored some some points for some important points for the Doggies, uh, is Josh Adokar. Yeah, number five. Patch. He had a real purple patch there for a while. They've gone off the boil again, though, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, top five now. Who's number yeah, five? Top, top five was Chad Townsend. From, from Townsville, I think he's been really good this year for the, you know, for the Cowboys, and you can tell by their performances. Um, so he's he's our number five selection, and number four. Look, the, the Storm. I don't think would be in this situation. A bit of an unknown star, and he has done really well coming from Canterbury. Is Nick Meany? Mm, the selection mm. of Nick Meany, uh, either at wing or fullback, has replaced Pappenhausen with his goal kicking and his running. And he's made the Storm a real uh, threatening side. And who would have thought at the start of the year that um, he would be playing fullback and playing so well? He wasn't given a start at Canterbury, and he's been a real star down there at the Storm. He must have thought he was dreaming when he got a phone call from Craig Bellamy. Like, he's battling away at the Bulldogs, battling away at the Knights before that. Then Craig Bellamy says, hey, mate, do you want to pop down and play for the Storm? He'd be like, mate, I'll walk down <laughs> yes. there. Like, I'm on my way. It's like, it's like <laughs> David Norfoluma. He'd be glad to be there too. Oh. I'm sure who's he next? Would. Number, who's next? Number, number three, I've got uh, is young Adam Adam Reynolds mm. uh, from the Broncos. Look, is, there's no doubt he, he turned the Broncos around early on. They've gone off the boil of a late, but you know when he's playing well, he's a, one of the best halfbacks in the game. He's kicking game. He's goal kicking. You know he's, he's worth about ten points a game. He's been he's actually you know he's turned that side around more than anyone else at the Broncos has been Adam Reynolds. Um, number two is a player I think was a real superstar of the future. Uh, it's Matt Burton from the Dogs. His individual brilliance, uh, running with the ball or his passing game, his kicking game, he's a real star of the future at 21. Uh, Matt Burton has come in at number two. Okay, drum roll. 
drum roll, number one. And the number one player, in my opinion, for uh, this season, or best buy, has been Nico Hines at yeah. Cronulla. Yeah. I think he has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, fitting at number seven, number six, we can play anywhere, really. Uh, he's a, quite a big guy, but he's got such skill and knowledge of the game. He's great passing game, great running game. He has, he has led the Sharks. They've been, they started well and they faded a bit. Now he's brought them back into form in the last three or four weeks and his individual form has been fantastic. You know, uh, he's been re- rewarded. Uh, he's at the, the state of origin, but week in and week out, if he doesn't go well, Cronulla don't go well. And, you know, they're, they're a real chance to win this Cronulla. I think they are a real chance to take out the premiership this year. So he's number one. Yeah, I, I had doubts over Nico Hines when he turned up from Melbourne at, in the in the number seven jersey. I hadn't seen him play seven mm, before, but he's, he slotted straight in. He's, he's just getting better and better. Uh, yeah, fantastic buy. Uh, well said, Jimmy. I'm just going to quickly run through my top ten buys. Number ten, Nick Meaney. Number nine, Cam McInnes at the Sharks. Although he's been really good. Adal Finucane, number eight. Adam Elliott at the Raiders, I think, has had a really good season coming across from Canterbury. Uh, number six, Josh Adokar. Number five, Jackson Hastings. Number four, Matt Burton. Same as you, number three, Adam Reynolds. I had Chad Townsend, number two, but I had the same, number one, Nico Hines. Hard to argue with that. Now, uh, you can chime in if you like with the not-so-great top ten buys. I'll start. Well, I'll give you mine. Top ten. Uh, number ten, Oliver Gildart, the uh, English international who went to the Tigers, played reserve grade. He's over at the Roosters now. I was going to remember I told you about Billy Ashurst. He said, he's not a, he's not a six, he's a number three. <laughs> he said, he's not a number six. He's a, he's a number three because if he plays six, numbers two, four, three, and four won't touch the ball. <laughs> well, he didn't even get number three in the end. He was getting number 33 in reserve grade. Number nine, I've got yeah. Ethan Bullymore. I expected him to have a big season at Manly coming from the Broncos. Didn't work out that way. Number eight, Kevin Nangama at uh, the Roosters. He's hardly played first grade this year. Mm. I've got Dane Gagai, number seven for the Knights. He started well, but I haven't seen much from him in recent times. Uh, number six, Isaac Liu, uh, the Roosters Premiership winner, went to the Gold Coast, had a pretty quiet season. Number five, Matt Dufty, who's no longer at the Bulldogs. He got dumped at reserve grade. Now he's over in the UK. Number four, Tavita Pangai, another Bulldog. He's played reserve grade last week, hasn't um, hasn't aimed up. Number three, George Burgess at the Dragons. That's been a disaster. I think he's played one game in first grade. Tyrone Peachy, number two at the Tigers. That just hasn't worked out. He's played a lot of reserve grade. And my number one for the not-so-top-10 buys is Sean Johnson at the Warriors. Uh, he's had a couple of good games of late, but before that, precious little. Yeah, yeah. And Sean Johnson's gone back to where, where he grew up and that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's been disappointing. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have probably Tyrone Peachy is the most, you know, the amount of money that they spent on him to come down. And he's been hardly used. I don't know what they bought him for, whether he was a, a seven, a nine, a six, a lock. You know, to spend that sort of money on a player and not have him in your starting team, it's just ridiculous. You know, it, makes, it just makes you wonder about their recruitment and retention of the Tigers. Right from the start with Tyrone Peachy, sorry, Jimmy, it was, uh, you know, remember that early game against Newcastle? He got simmed in twice and he was yeah. he went off the field smiling and laughing. I think uh, yeah. he might have scored a yeah. late consolation try and he was having a laugh yeah. at the camera. I mean, just the attitude just hasn't looked right. Horsey's halfback time, talking about players changing clubs. What happened in the 80s when players changed clubs? Uh, what would happen? Say when Ellery Hanley came to Balmain, was there a big media circus? Was there headlines? Or was it just, you know, that's just what happened? 
Oh no! When Hillary came to the Tigers, it was a big media because he was he was the Great Britain, you know, he was the Great Britain captain. I think at that stage in '88, he stayed after the tour. Yeah, same with Andy Courier when he came over. Um, yeah, there's plenty of for those for those type of players, um, plenty of media there for them. And Hillary was a, was a great player. You know, he, he he led by he led by example, and it just goes to show if you if you look hard enough. Those players are there. You know, there are, I'm sure there are players in England that could come over here and still have an impact. Um, you just got to you just got to be smart when, when you're recruiting that you recruit the right ones. Um, Ellery, superstar. Even Andy Gregg, who was good for St George Illawarra, they came over in, in I think '89 or '90 um, with Steve Hampson. They added a little bit of spark to the um, to the Steelers down there. So you just need to re- get, get yeah. the right ones, and they're out there. Fend at the end time, I noticed something at the end of that game. You were probably stuck in the car park at Combank Stadium, but when full-time siren sounded, Tigers were shattered. Jack Bird from the Dragons is just winding up the Tigers fans, gesturing at the crowd. I just thought, seriously? Mate, you, you got out of jail against a team that's about to pick up the wooden spoon and you're wasting mm. your time winding up the fans? I just thought, I just thought, yeah. shake hands, get off the field. Yeah, I think with Jack Bird... Because yeah, he, he got, got sinned in there earlier in the game and um, the bird back. So, so I think okay, so you're saying it, you're saying fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So I think that's where it come from because it, it had started before before the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you respond to all very, the halfwits, I mean, you can't yeah. respond. No, players get sledged all the time. No, yeah, he's got to be above that as a player. But, you know, he he's his, his frustration. You know, he's just sort of got back in the team. He's played well. His team's won. He should just shut up and just get on with the get on with the game. Jimmy, got to wrap it up. Uh, great job again on the fan. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, go the Tigers against the Raiders, and hopefully the Eels get the uh, money against the Storm. The Tigers are specials to win this week against the Raiders. You heard Shades it of eighty nine. It's an exclusive on the fan from the great Shades Jimmy Jack. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, enjoy your footy. Goodbye.